we've been talking about faith. And it makes sense, right? Because we're in a church, right? So we come here, we want to learn about faith. Well, we defined it like this, faith, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So we have this complete trust, this complete confidence in God because we're at a church, right? We are Christians. And so here we have this complete trust. What Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, it defines it like this. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And through faith, the people of days of old, talking about Old Testament people that we've read about, they earned a good reputation through faith. But we need to remember those people of old, they earned a good reputation of faith by what? By doing something, right? Not just by believing, not just saying they have faith, but they actually put it into action. And so there was a time in my life that I knew that I had gotten out of shape, that I needed to start running. I needed to do something, but I didn't really want to do anything. I especially didn't want to quit eating ice cream and root beer floats at night after the kids went to bed. And there was a time that I actually tried to start running well before I decided to get in shape. I knew I was getting out of shape and it was the middle of winter and I said, I'm going to give running a try. And so I went out. And man, was it painful. And I remember thinking, I, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm still in college. I'm still in good shape. I'm not that far removed from it, but it was exhausting. And as I'm running down the sidewalk, I had the most embarrassing moment of my life happen. As I'm running and I can barely pick my feet up because they're so exhausted, I see a white gym sock. You remember the old white gym socks that you pull up to your knee? I guess they're coming back into style. And it's there on the sidewalk. And as I'm running, getting closer to it, I realized my legs were too tired to avoid it, so I'm just going to step on it. Now, the problem was it was a winter day, and the gym sock must have fallen down sweaty because it froze solid. And when I stepped on it, I had sprained my ankle on a gym sock and fell onto the ground, and there I laid rolling around in pain thinking a gym sock just hurt me. A gym sock. I'm in really bad shape. And so I crawled a little bit. I cried. I whined. I finally got myself back home. And I didn't run again for three years. Because <laughs> it's dangerous. I mean, a gym sock can hurt me. But then I got to a point where I remember it was a Christmas card. We looked at our family Christmas card. Max was a baby. And I'm looking at myself going, wow, what happened? I didn't like the way I looked. And so I made this decision that I was going to start running. And the toughest part was I was going to quit eating cookies and ice cream at night after the kids went to bed. That was a tough thing. So every night we put the kids to bed and I would go out and run. I didn't run very far and I didn't run very fast, but I did it. Day in and day out, I would put the kids to bed and I would go out and run and I wouldn't eat cookies and ice cream. And again, I didn't go very far, and I didn't go very fast, but I kept doing it. And you know what? In six months, actually it ended up being almost eight months, I lost all the weight that I wanted to lose and more because I just kept showing up and just kept doing it. And, and it's interesting, in those eight months, I felt better. I looked better. I felt better about myself. Physically, I felt better about myself, but it's funny, when you physically feel better, you, you feel better in every aspect of your life. And it was simply because I just kept keeping the promise I made to myself, I'm going to start running. And I avoided all gym socks, if you saw them on the road, because they're dangerous. But, 
But it's amazing when, when you start to do the right things and, and you stop doing the things that you know are hurting you, it's amazing how it, it doesn't happen overnight, but you get better. You feel better about yourself. Your life in general is better. And that's physically that I'm talking about, obviously. But today I want to talk about the same concept spiritually. How to spiritually go, hey, I want to start doing the right things. Because when we have faith in God, when we trust God and we do good things, our life will be better. And, and the Bible promises that. And, and so today we're going to look at this idea of trust God and do good. We're going to look at Psalm 37. We're going to look at that in just a little bit. Uh, but again, Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, it talks about faith. And then it says, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. They earned a good reputation because they lived out their faith, right? Faith is an action. It's not just a belief. You can't believe in God without faith. You, you can't be a follower of Jesus without faith. Uh, but there's more than just believing, right? There's more than just that faith. It's what we do. And the people of old that Hebrews is talking about, they went when God told them to go. They built. They fought. They showed up when God told them. They did what God told them to do. Why? Because they had faith. And faith is an action word, which now leads us to Psalm 37. And why Psalm 37? I just have to tell you, this is... Kind of an interesting thing, but when I was in college, there was, this, there was this time that I didn't even know. I'd just become a Christian. I didn't know what you're supposed to do. I didn't know how you're supposed to act. I, I didn't know all the things the other people knew, but they kept saying, I kept hearing people talking about that, hey, I, I read the Bible every day, or I, I do a devotion every day. I didn't even know what a devotion was. Uh, but I decided one day that I was going to start doing this. I was going to get up early. In spite of a college campus, no one gets up early. I was going to get up early, and I was going to read the Bible. And I remember the first time I did this, reading, going, what am I supposed to read? There's so much here, and it's a little bit confusing. And now, this is not necessarily the way to do it, but this is what I did. And maybe you've done it. I've closed my Bible, and I closed my eyes, and I said, God, I'm going to open this up, and you show me what you want me to read. And so I did that, and there was Psalm 37. And amazingly enough, that literally began to change who I was in my faith journey. And, and this is what Psalm 37 says. It says, that it's verses 2 through 5, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. And here I am, a brand new believer, and I went, I understand this. I mean, this makes sense to my mind. And so you know what I did? I started reading that same verse every day. I just kept reading the same thing over and over, and I fell in love with these words, trust in the Lord and do good. And you go through this, and it's like, wow, this stuff makes sense, right? If you have faith, what do you do? You trust 
in God. A complete trust, that's faith. And so if we trust and we start to do the things we know we're supposed to do, and they can be simple and small, and you start not doing the things you're not supposed to do. That's the beginning of the faith journey. I've read a story, it's, it's in the book, it's called Atomic Habits. It's a really good book, not, not a Christian book, but it, it's a book about, about how to create good habits. And the writer of the book, James Clear, tells his own story at the very beginning of it. And his story was amazing. But here he is, he's a baseball player in high school. And right at the end of his sophomore year, he's at baseball practice. And someone takes a practice swing with a baseball bat that slips out of his hands and hits James straight in the face. And it shattered his eye sockets, broke his nose, gave him a horrible concussion. He still has no memory of the event except what people tell him. But they take him to the nurse at the school, and the nurse is asking him questions like, what's your mom's name? He has no idea who his mom is. And going through this, they, they begin to realize, they call an ambulance. When the ambulance gets there, they realize it's beyond what they can even do at their hospital. They have to life flight this kid. As a sophomore in high school to the hospital, he goes into a coma. And he finally, after months, he comes out of this coma. His, his goal at that point in high school was to be a professional baseball player. His dad had played professional baseball and he thought, I, I wanted to do the same thing. But he, when he comes out, he doesn't have the same muscle memory. He can barely touch his fingers together and he begins to realize, I have a long ways to go. But one of the things he said in there, he said, I believed that I could play baseball again at a high level. He, he believed that in his heart. And then he started doing all these little things to get there. Starting in high school, he didn't even get to play his junior year. His senior year, he got to play some. No colleges wanted to take him. He finally he went to a college where he could just walk on a small college. And he goes and he knows he's not going to start as a freshman. But one of the things he said he started doing, he's living in a dorm... Now, if you've ever lived in a dorm, you know if you're going to have good habits, that's not the place to do it, right? But he made a decision that he was going to, just, in spite of what everyone else was doing, playing video games and going out and partying, that he was going to study, he was going to go to bed early, he was going to keep his room neat and clean. Now, those things have nothing to do with baseball, right? But he knew that doing all those little things was going to help him to get where he wanted to be, and he still had this faith that he could still be a good baseball player. And through this process, by the time he's a senior at that college, he ends up, he has eight records on the baseball team. He, he was a national scholar athlete for, on ESPN. He did all these things. Now, he didn't make it professionally, but what he said, and I wrote this down, I highlighted it in the book. He said, by doing these things and believing that I could do it, I fulfilled my potential. I fulfilled my potential. And I think so often, as followers of Jesus, as, as people of faith, we never think about fulfilling our potential. We just think, I've, I made it, I, I believe, I have faith. But there's more to it. You don't just have faith. That faith has to be put into action, and you do these, these things that then help you to reach your full potential. That's why the people in Hebrews have stories written about them, right? Right? Because they earned a good reputation for the things they did. And I believe this story of James Clear kind of summarizes what we're going to say today. Which is trust God, do good things, 
and you will live a great life. That sounds so simple, <laughs> but I love simple. <laughs> My mind's simple, so I love simple. And man, if we trust God and we do the right things, guess what? Our life is going to be good. And actually, Psalm 37 promises us that. So we're going to start with this, the, the four things that Psalm 37 tells us to do. It tells us to trust God. It tells us to do good things. It tells us to delight in God and then commit everything to God. And I'm just going to say, when you combine faith with good things, the things we know that God wants us to do, it is a powerful, life-changing thing. Faith and doing the good things can literally change your life. Uh, the first thing, trusting God. Pretty simple, right? That, that's what we're called to do. That's the first step of faith, isn't it? If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, what's the first thing you have to do? You have to actually believe that Jesus is who he said he was. That God created the universe. And so, so we believe that, so now we have faith. We trust God. Now, from there, it says do good. How easy is that, right? If we're honest, most of us know what good is, right? We know what bad is. Now, if we go through the Bible, the Bible basically tells us, well, you got the Ten Commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind. It's all these things. Don't worship other gods, just God. And then it has all these things like don't steal, don't murder, don't commit adultery. In other words, hey, honor people, love people. So love God and love people. Respect people. And, and then you get in, Jesus tells us that we're supposed to love the way he loved. Pretty tough example, but it's a good example. He tells us to feed the hungry. If someone's thirsty, give them something to drink. If they need a place to stay, welcome them in. He tells us to share his love. Paul gives it to us like this. He says, man, love. Be full of joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. Well, those are all really good things, right? And so those are, we're like, okay, how do we do those things? Well, that's us trying to figure out, okay, every day, how can I do these good things? And the third thing, I absolutely love this one, but delight in God. Delight in God. If we're going to delight, it's to, to please greatly or to have great pleasure in God. How do we have great pleasure in God? I mean, we can't see God. Oh, we can sense him. We can look around and see nature, but how do we delight in God. Well, the Bible tells us to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And so we have to read about him. Get out your Bible. Start reading. Find, find a devotional that helps you explain things in the Bible. Pray. Spend time just seeking him. Spend time on your knees praying and, and seeking or, or learning to obey and just falling in love with God. Delight in him. Find great pleasure in him. And then the fourth one is really the same thing as the first one. Commit everything to God. Well, that's faith, right? If you're going to commit everything to God, that's saying, man, I have faith, God, that you can take care of these things. What are you going to commit? Well, man, I have five kids. Commit your kids to God. <laughs> Believe me, it makes it way easier. Commit your marriage to God, your finances, your job, your job search, or, or your lack of job, or, well, your life. Commit everything to God. And this takes faith. And you have to ask yourself, do you really trust God? Can I really commit this to him and take my hands off of it? Really 
committed to God. You see, having faith in God is really good. <laughs> and, and we're called to believe. And, and when we have faith in God and we put our trust in Him, it's a life-changing experience. It really is. But there's something even better than just having faith. You see, when we have faith in God and we do the good things He calls us to do, it makes our life even better. Now, all of us have lived this. And this is the reason why Planet Fitness and all the gyms out there make so much money off our monthly thing. Our monthly donation to them is they count on human beings saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it, I'm going to get in shape. And we sign up, we show up, and then we quit showing up. And we just donate $10 a month or $20 a month. And they, they count on us doing that because we've all been there, haven't we? We go, man, I want to do this. I know it's the right thing to do. I'm going to start going to church every Sunday morning. And then you go, oh, man, that pastor, he's, yeah, he's kind of boring. So we quit going. And then whatever it is, we, we go, I'm going to do it. And then we quit doing it. And you know what happens when you do that? It, it it's kind of like when I ran out and stepped on the sock and I thought, oh, it's too dangerous to run, right? I made all kinds of excuses. But really what I began to believe is I'm not that person. I'm not the person that goes out and gets in shape. That's just not me. And it wasn't until I actually started doing it that I began to believe that, oh, yeah, I am that person. When you don't follow through on what you promise to do, you begin to go, oh, yeah, that's just me. Uh, in the book, Atomic Habits, that I've already mentioned, there's a guy in there that lost 150 pounds. 150 pounds is a lot of weight. If I was going to lose 150 pounds, I'm going to have to start at like, like 320 before I can even... And me at 320, that's pretty wide, right? And so 150 pounds, and you know how he lost it? He drove to the gym every day. I promise you, that's what he did. He promised himself one day, I'm going to... I'm going to start driving to the gym, and I am going to be there for five minutes and no longer. So he'd drive his car to the gym, because that's easy, he decided. He'd get out of the car. That's somewhat easy, too. He would go into the gym. He would start timing from the time he left the car until five minutes, and he might get a few reps in, then he would leave the gym and go home. It's pretty easy. He thought, this isn't that bad. So he kept going every day. And then one day he thought five minutes isn't too bad. I'm going to make it seven minutes this week. And so he started doing seven. It took him a year and a half and he lost 150 pounds. And the reason he did it is because he began to believe that, hey, I'm the guy that shows up at the gym every morning. And at work, he would tell people, yeah, I was at the gym this morning. He didn't tell them it was five minutes, but he said, I was at the gym this morning. And he began to believe that that's who he was. I'm the guy that shows up at the gym every morning. You see, it's easy for us to say we trust in God, right? It's easy to say we're people of faith. It's easy to say, oh yeah, that's my church there on the corner of Las Flores. But it's something different to put our faith into action. And quite often, we are, yeah, I'm a guy that goes to church. I'm a gal that goes to church but then there's the step to say, but I am actually putting my faith into action. I'm actually doing the good things that I'm supposed to do. And when we start to do it, it can be small things. It can be showing up 
It can be opening up the Bible and say, I'm going to read for two minutes today. But you start doing that. You start to believe that. You do it once. Try this. Practice it. Promise that you're going to do something tomorrow. And then do it. No matter what it is. Make it really small. After you do it, guess what? You're going to go, that felt pretty good. When you check it off your list, it feels really good, right? And then when you do it for a whole week and you check it off every day that week, you go, wow, what a great week. And what happens? You begin to feel, you begin to feel good about yourself, right? You begin to go, man, I'm a guy that keeps promises that I make. <laughs> you see, Psalm 37 not only says, hey, do this, but it gives us some amazing promises, God gives us promises through Psalm 37 that are pretty amazing. I just want to read it to you. Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good. And you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. It doesn't sound like much, right? But I remember when I started reading this, and I would read it and I'd go, okay, I'd trust God and do good. And then I'd live and prosper. You know, it says he lives in the land. But if we really get it a little bit deeper there, basically what, what Psalm 37 is promising is that you are going to live. In other words, you're going to be alive. If you trust God and do you're going to be fully alive and you are going to prosper. That's a big promise, isn't it? And then it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The first time I read this, I was like, yes, I want to have the desires of my heart. And then I thought, oh, I don't know if God wants me to have those desires of my heart. And then I realized something. The more I delighted in him, the desires of my heart became his desires. It changed my heart. And guess what? He gives you the desires of your heart when you delight in him because your desires change. And then you commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him, and what's he going to do? He will help you in this. Think about these promises. These are some powerful promises. And if you want to change your life, if you want to go from, man, I'm just a person of faith to being, man, I'm a person of faith and action, you want to change your life, then keep the promises you make to God and to yourself. And it will change who you are. Do you want to be confident and happy? Follow these principles. These are biblical principles. You see, I've always said, man, I want to live the best life. I want to live life to its fullest. I want to be, I want to be the person God's called me to be. You go, man, trust God and do good things. And he promises that you are going to live this great life. I, I mentioned the guy that lost 150 pounds by showing up at the gym, right? You see, there's this principle out there. And it, it's, it's basically, if you make small commitments... And you achieve them day in and day out. You, you will gradually get better. In other words, you will grow. And, and, and the whole idea of this faith life that we live is not just to say, oh yeah, I believe and stop. It's to actually grow and become a person of faith and action. And, and so like the guy at the gym, for said, man, five minutes, I'm going I'm to give to you this week. Five minutes, God. Or, or maybe it's, I'm going to commit this to you. This week, God, I, you guys all know this, but 
water boils at 212 degrees, right? And, and you put a pot on the stove and you've turned it on, right? And you turn it on high. And it doesn't, it doesn't boil right away, does it? Because the water's lukewarm, sometimes it's even cold. And so the first step is what? You got to turn it on, right? And, and that's that first step, turning it on, that's going, okay, I believe in you. God, I, I, have, I have faith in you. But then you have to watch that water and you're watching it and it gets to 100 degrees. You don't even know when it's at 100 degrees, 112, 115. There's no change to the water. Nothing's happening. And when we're going through our lives and we're doing all these things to grow in our faith, there's a lot of times we're like, man, I haven't done anything. Water can get to 211 degrees and you might see some bubbles, but really nothing's changed. Then all of a sudden, all those things you've done, all those things you've been building on begin to boil. And your life changes. And you go, wow. You trust in God. You do good things. And then God gives you the life that he's called you to live. And that is the best life we can live. Now, I want us to take this, and there's a, there's a sheet somewhere close to you. It looks like, look, looks like this. And I've listed some of these things out because I don't want you to leave today without making some commitment to taking a faith step tomorrow. I, I don't want you to leave just going, hey, that was nice. I want you to actually take action. And, and so, so here's Psalm 37 broken down. I'm like, okay, we're going to show up. Okay, and what I want you to do is you look at this, you can write notes on the back, you can scribble down, or you can throw it on the floor and ignore me completely. I don't care, but this, this is for you to take. And as I read through this and talk about it, I want you to dream about what's going to change in your life. What faith steps are you going to take to grow in your faith, to make your life better? And so the first thing is, what do we need to trust God with? Man, maybe we need to just trust God. Maybe that's step one. I'm assuming we're all there, but what do we need to trust God with? Our money? Our work? Our kids? Maybe it's our politics. Maybe we need to turn them off and just trust God. Maybe, maybe we need to trust him with this week. Trust him with tomorrow. But what do you need to trust God with? Then how are you going to delight in God? What are you going to do to fall in love with him? What action are you going to take? Maybe, maybe on your way to work, you're going to turn off the radio and pray. Or put on some worship music on your way to work. Maybe you're going to open up the Bible kind of like I did and go, man, I'm just going to give this a try. I'm just going to start reading. Maybe, maybe you need to go sit in nature. I never experienced this till I moved to Carlsbad. We are so fortunate. But when I sit on the beach and pray, when I paddle out on a surfboard and sit on top of the ocean and pray, wow. You talk about delighting in God. It's like he gave me this. We can go out in our back patio and look at the beautiful trees and the grass and ignore the highway noise. <laughs> And go, wow, he gave me this. Learn to delight in him. 
Number three, commit your day to God. That takes a couple seconds. Say, today I'm going to do the right things. I'm going to quit doing the things that that aren't right. I'm going to start doing these and and I'm just going to, man, maybe you need to write down a list of the things you need to commit to him today. Maybe it's the drive to work. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's that annoying coworker. But whatever it is you need to commit, what do you need to commit to him today? And finally, do good. What action steps are you going to take this week? What are you going to do this week to start moving your faith journey forward? To start inching it up degree by degree. What are you going to do? You need to fill up on love so you can spread love. Uh, maybe you need to encourage people. Have you ever tried that? You ever encourage somebody, just a random person on the street, just tell them something nice and you encourage them? What happens to you? Oh, it feels so good. Try it sometimes. Just do something like that. Maybe someone needs your help. Maybe someone needs your kindness. Maybe you just need to be there for somebody. don't want you to leave today without making a promise to God and yourself. Because I believe that that will change your life. And you will live your best life only when you start to make those small changes. When I was in college, I, I told you I'd opened up the Bible found Psalm 37. Maybe it was random chance. I don't know, but that's been my verse ever since, and that's like 30 years ago. But what I did, how I got to that point, I kept hearing all these people on campus talking about doing your devotions and spending time with God, and I didn't even understand what they were saying. But I decided one day, you know what? I'm going to do something. And so I decided at Mid-American Nazarene College, I was going to get up at 6.30 in the morning. I'm going to go to Weatherby Chapel. And at Weatherby Chapel is this little tiny chapel that sat maybe 10 people and it had an altar. And it was open 24 hours a day. And so at 6.30 in the morning in college, guess how many people packed into that place? Me. That was it. Everyone else was asleep. I didn't know what to do. I literally had no idea. The commitment I made was to show up. I brought my Bible, and you already know I stumbled onto Psalm 37. You know what I did? I read Psalm 37 every day for a month because I didn't know what else to do. I just kept reading it. It was so simple and it made sense. But then I would walk out of the chapel and I would go in to campus center to get my breakfast. And, you know, in college, there's a lot of people that annoy you. There's a lot of people that that get on your nerves. But after I'd walk out of that chapel, it was so easy to love people. It was so much easier to be kind. It was so much easier to be encouraging. My commitment was to show up. And God met me there. that decision to show up became a lifetime habit because I was the guy that got up at 6.30 and I read the Bible and I prayed.
when you show up, you begin to believe, yeah, that's me. And when you begin to keep the promises you make to God and to yourself, you begin to believe, that's, that's me. And then that's how you become like those Old Testament characters that they, man, they earned a good reputation. Why? Because they showed trusted God and they did what was right I'm going to pray for us but while I'm praying I want you to make a commitment to yourself and to God what are you going to do tomorrow what are you going to do Father thank you that you meet us right where we are. Just like you met me in Weatherby Chapel 30 years ago, you meet us here. And I thank you that no matter where we are in our journey, faith to grow. This morning, Lord, meet us right where we are and help us to begin this journey together. Give us the faith we need. Give us the strength we need. Encourage us where we need encouraged. Help us to understand your word when we open it up. Give us a verse. Give us what we need. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I truly hope you have an amazing week. And I just ask you to keep those promises this week. You are dismissed.